0: This ad free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I am your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Marissa Govern, a documentary and commercial editor living in New York City. She has worked on such titles as Jane Fonda in Five Acts for HBO and Lennox Hill for Netflix, but otherwise counts herself as a movie enthusiast and part-time song and dance man. Here we are reading a letter from a listener. Before we wrap up and start eating uh, pilfered oyster crackers that we've stolen from diners, would you mind reading our last letter? Absolutely. Uh,
1: The subject is crying every day in my dream life. I'm wrapping up my dissertation and recently took a dream job near my partner. We've been doing an annoyingly long, but drivable long distance relationship for the last two of our four years together. I was thrilled for a nine to five job in my field after grad school, living together and life in the city where I've happily spent many long visits. However, in the weeks before and since the move, I've barely been sleeping and been unpredictably ugly crying daily. I don't think I made the wrong choice, but I'm so actively grieving my old town and friends, especially my pre-pandemic rhythms, which included music groups, organizing, and sports. Maybe I thought they'd come back. I'm constantly overwhelmed with grief for that life and having trouble waking up with the energy to build my new one. The new city is also different from my more rural former town, so my daily routines are different here. I'm really attached to places, so that really affects my mood. My partner has been supportive, but I think he reasonably feels some whiplash that I'm so randomly miserable at intervals during our apartment decorating, etc. Despite my having spearheaded this change with enthusiasm, I feel that whiplash too. Any tips on grieving a deeply beloved town
0: and community while trying to move fully into a new one? Have you ever done a big move or was there any anything about this letter that you felt like, I've had an example of this in my own life that I can sort of Oh, my God.
1: Absolutely. I mean, moving from my hometown to college and then moving from college to the city, to New York, where I would, you know, build my professional life. Each one of those moves came with kind of a really big hit. And it was most often just loneliness was the main driving emotion for like the first year even.
0: Yeah, I, I, I feel the same thing in reading this letter, which is like, I think there are ways that this will and can get better, but this all makes sense. I don't think this letter writer has like, nothing about this was like, that's so weird. That's so strange that you feel this way. This makes so much sense to me.
1: Absolutely. I love the way that they frame it as a grief for their old town and the life that they left behind too, because it's so true. It's just uh, the feeling of having lost something even if you feel like you've gained so much more is still real, still absolutely valid. And yeah. And I mean, I feel like the good news too is that, you know, the same way that grief kind of like your life expands around the grief that you feel, that's probably what's going to happen here too. You know, as more time passes, as you get into more things, then your life will feel a little bit bigger and you'll never stop missing your old town, but
0: you'll have other things to keep you going, too. Yeah. And it also makes a lot of sense that like one particular loss that you were already experiencing in your old town, but that you were able to sort of mentally keep at bay because you still live there was this thought of like, well, sure, the pandemic has interrupted all of these events and activities that made my life so meaningful, but maybe they'll come back in the next couple of months or the next year and then you move and you're now confronting something that you know you you weren't so that makes a lot of sense to me too i think you know uh, again like i have some relevant practical experience which is you know after i cut ties with my entire family i you know, within a month, got married and moved away the next day. I moved from California to New York. I'd never lived on the East Coast. I'd never lived that far away from my relatives. Um, I also lost, like, entirely this huge chunk of my social network. Um, And then three months after that, the pandemic started. So I, letter writer, have also very much gone through that sense of, like, You know, many, many, many of the people that I know and that I'm close with, I no longer see. Um, And I'm in this totally new context. And then, you know, I'm in this totally new context and I mostly don't leave my living room. Um, So in terms of your sense of like, I still think that I made the right decision. It's not that I think this is a sign that I did the wrong thing. I just don't really know how to... Take care of myself in this moment. That also makes sense. I don't think this actually means that you secretly hate the choice that you made. Although, I do just want to throw out there, letter writer, if you give this like a real college try and you stick it out, you talk about it with your partner, you talk about it with your friends back home, you talk about it maybe with your doctor or a therapist, you try new things and you're still miserable, you can also just say, this didn't work. So, I I don't say that because I think that's going to be what happens, but sometimes it's just nice to know, like, Sometimes, like, if you think you might be pregnant, even if you don't think you want an abortion, it can just be nice to know you could get one if you're in a place where that's possible. It's kind of like, this is just, I have an escape route if I need to. I don't think I'm likely to take it, but it's nice to know the options there. So I think that that might help at least make some of this feel less like intense and fraught. Like, I need to get over this soon because this is the rest of my life versus like people do move. And Uh, you know, it wouldn't be easy or cheap or something that I would necessarily want to do in two weeks. But if I really try for a year and I'm as miserable a year from now as I am today, I will go home. You know, like just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, The most important thing to me, I think, is that you've barely been sleeping for a few weeks. So I would just say, mention that to your doctor. Um, Your partner probably has already noticed, but mention that to your partner as well. Because not sleeping makes it so much more difficult to regulate your emotions. When I don't sleep well, I will cry about anything. I will freak out way more easily. I get irritated more easily. Like That really exacerbates um, any emotional distress. So tell a lot of people you're having trouble sleeping. That's not necessarily going to fix it, but it'll make you feel less alone and maybe a lot of them will give you advice and some of it will be dumb and won't help at all and some of it you'll be like, "All right, for the next couple of days, I'm going to like drink half the caffeine I usually do, take a long walk in the morning so I get the like early sun exposure that helps remind my body like when to wake and when to sleep and like I don't you know, I don't want to do the whole like keep your phone out of your bedroom and act like you have to live like a monk, but maybe for a couple of days like keep your phone out of your bedroom. I don't know, drink chamomile tea, et cetera. Talk to your doctor if you feel like, you know, you want to try some like over the counter sleep medication or something, Um, whatever. Uh, You know, I don't want to go further down that route of like, get a prescription for sleep meds, just like uh, try to address the sleep stuff to whatever you. Uh, extent you can even if that just means like nap during the day sleep when you can make sleep a priority just rest as much as you can even if you just close your eyes in the afternoon and you don't do anything for 20 minutes like you're not kind of on your phone you're not kind of working on your laptop you're just literally closing your eyes for 20 minutes even if you don't sleep that can help um that that's like first order stuff to me is try to sleep second order what would you What would you do after you try to get the sleep in order? After you try to get the sleep order, well, <laughs>
1: thank you for pounding that down. Actually, because that's a, such an important, such an important part of any transition or any adjustment. Um, well, they say that their former town is kind of rural, so I'm assuming that this means that they're moving to like a city of some relative size, um, mm-hmm. if at all possible. I think it'd be a good idea to try to seek out. Other people who are new to the city or have just made a big transition. Because I think that it would help to have somebody that you can kind of commiserate with. Because right now, I mean, I'm assuming that you moved to where your partner already was. And, you know, talking about how much you miss your old town to the people who are still in your old town, I'm sure that they'll sympathize because they're good friends of yours, but they won't necessarily feel The same way that the same emotions that you're going through, even though I'm sure that they miss you very, very much. Um, it might just help to have one or two people who you can kind of get along with and just talk about the growing pains of living in a new place. I mean, I met my partner when I first moved to New York, and he had also just moved, so to some extent, there was a lot of leaning on each other that we did back then. And that was one of the most helpful and has grown into be one of the most solid relationships that I've had. So there's an opportunity to really reach out.
0: Yeah. And I think also, you know, my sense is if you're not really sleeping and you haven't really been sleeping for weeks, that probably goes a long way towards explaining why you're having trouble waking up with energy to build a new life, especially if you're also going to a nine to five. You're tired. You're exhausted. So I I think like fucking sleep a lot sleep on the weekends, sleep whenever you can, treat sleep like your new best friend. Um, And once, I mean, hopefully, again, like, I don't mean to just say like, just go after sleep, make it happen. That like, that's just going to be a question of like, get great sleep for five days, which is obviously just a question of deciding. um, And then you can tackle everything else. But I really do think like, make sleep the thing. Um, And then if after a few days of better sleep or a few weeks of slightly improving sleep, you find that you're getting a little bit more energy, some of the other suggestions that I would offer would be telling your friends back home that you're having a harder time than you anticipated. And you know you don't have to tell them everything, but say explicitly, I'm having a harder time than I thought. I still, right now, feel like this was the right decision, but I did not anticipate how lonely and exhausted and worn out I would feel. And I really, really just need a little something. And whether that means like you want your friends to occasionally schedule like a remote movie night where you try to watch something around the same time and text each other, whether that means like maybe you're going to try taking those walks in the morning and call your friends. back home or if they're in an earlier time zone, maybe an afternoon walk where you give them a call and you try to catch up. Um, Whatever forms of remaining in contact where you don't just feel like that's my old life and my old life is done. I think will be useful. And then to also remind yourself, like you are now trying to build a new social network that in your hometown you built over the course of years. So you had some people you'd been friends with for a long time, some people you've been friends with from work for a couple years, some people you just met recently and were excited to get to know better. Whereas now you're starting basically at the same time. So it's sort of like starting a garden from scratch where you're like, it's all a seedling. Everything's new. I don't have any old growth plant here. Um, And that's part of what's hard. And so, um, you know, certainly if there are relatively low risk or pandemic aware ways to try to get involved in music groups or organizing or sports in this new city, keep an eye out. But also remember, like, you're trying to grow everything from scratch and it will take time and it's not going to be the same as, like, someone you've known for years. And I think that's also important because as great as your partner may be, you'll also want to have friends in the city that you don't know through your partner And so that it doesn't just feel like you're picking up somebody else's social circle and inheriting it, that you're also able to have your own friends so that you can do things separately as well as together. I think then the last thing that I would just say is like, just name what you're afraid of to your partner, which is like, hey, you've been great about my crying jacks. I think you've probably been surprised by how many of them there have been. I've been surprised too. I just wanted like, we can both be on the same page. We're both surprised and you've been great. And I have a couple of thoughts about how I can prioritize sleep more in the coming weeks and other people that I might wanna to try to like befriend. So you know, I'll maybe let you know like my goal is to try to like befriend a new person at work next week or look for a new sports organization that I can join. Um, but this is not something that you need to like be the only person helping me with i'm I love and appreciate the support you've given me, and you know keep it coming. um, but I'm also like looking elsewhere and um i'll just keep you posted on how i'm doing because this has sort of thrown me for a curveball and i think as long as your partner knows you're naming it and aware of it and it's open for discussion he's not going to be like oh get it fixed right away or like you 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 need to get a better handle like he'll just appreciate the honesty i think and you know that will make you feel a lot less isolated where it's like oh i don't want to mention that it's been bad because then it'll remind him of how bad it's been and then that'll make it worse i think it will actually um make it better. And then if there's days when you're just like, "Hey, I need to go fucking cry." And I know that we've been doing that a lot, so I'm going to go do it by myself, but like I need to go do that now. Thanks for your patience. Make me some tea when I get back maybe. Or if that sounds weird and artificial, don't do that. But um I think sometimes it can help to be like a little bit like, I don't know, not like matter of fact, but to just name like there's depression here with me now. I don't know how long it'll last, but it's here. And we don't need to treat it like the only truth in the universe, but it is here. And we can treat it like a sort of weird dog that we're looking after for who knows how long. Uh, Then then you and your partner can say like, okay, maybe we've been trying to do too many exciting apartment decorating things. Let's have a more low-key weekend. You know, there will be other weekends. There will be other times you can decorate your apartment. It's okay that this is harder than you thought it would be. Slow down to a pace that feels right for you.
1: Yeah. And honestly, as much as possible. I mean, the the lovely things about being from a rural-ish town is how familiar you are with the places and the people. So if there's any way to invite familiarity more into your home or into your life, Mm -hmm. I think that's going to really help you a lot. And even if that's just, you know, decorating a particular, particular part of your apartment with all the stuff that you brought that have a significant meaning for you and having there be a specific place for that that could be nice
0: yeah and look for places in your city that you think you might develop an attachment to you say you're attached to places so look for you know parks preserves um bookstores museums uh you know name name your poison of places that you think you might like to go to and develop an attachment to the last thought is maybe also ask your friends back at home and maybe anyone from grad school you really liked, "Hey, do you know anyone in this city? I just moved here and I don't know anyone and I'm looking for friends." And sometimes it's kind of like with dating, like it's a little easier to like look for a friend of a friend than it is to just meet up with a stranger, and sometimes it's nicer if you're like telling your own network like, "I need friend recommendations. I'm lonely. I want somebody in this city I can meet up with for a walk or like a distance coffee or something. Who do you got?" And not everyone's going to have a name, but you know, if you canvas enough people, somebody will have somebody and maybe you'll like them okay, but you'll really like someone they know. Or maybe you'll like them a ton and you'll like meet a bunch of cool new friends. Yeah. Marissa, I personally <laughs> feel healed by this. I feel like through the the power of you and Fred Astaire <laughs> and uh, different networks and communities of care, I'm 12% less deranged than yeah. I was when we started this oh, call. Oh, I'm
1: feeling that as well. Not that that's going to stop me from immediately going to the sofa, eating more saltines, and uh, conking out as fast as I possibly can. But. Absolutely. I want you to do that. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Because I will.
0: (laughs) Before I let the rest of you go, I have a quick question with a quick answer from a listener. The subject is been through the desert on a horse with no name. Thanks for the America reference. I say thanks, but I wrote that title myself because I couldn't think of anything else. So thank you to me for reminding me of a song that I think is cheesy and great. Here's the letter How do I pick my own name? I'm non binary and I use they, them. It's taken me a lot to come to this point. I come from a conservative evangelical enclave, but I'm unpacking a lot of my internalized transphobia in therapy. I just started taking testosterone and I'm really proud of the progress I'm making. I know I'd like a new name, but I don't feel qualified to pick one. I never felt particularly connected to the name that I was given. My trans friends send me name suggestions, mostly queer superheroes and nature-related terms. But how do I know when I found the right name? I love this uh, letter writer. I thank you so much for writing and congratulations on um, making progress that you feel proud of. I'm proud of you. You should feel proud of yourself. Um, I know it's a little bit of a cliche to say that nobody is qualified to, to pick a name, but it's, you know... Hopefully helpful to remember that, you know, when your parents picked a name for you, they also had probably, unless you have a lot of older siblings, never named someone before. It is a uh, slightly arbitrary moment that comes to people either if they're about to have a child or transition usually, or if they just really feel like making a change. Those are pretty much the only requirements are the desire and the opportunity. Um so, you know, there are ways to overthink it. There are ways to underthink it. Uh, the advice that I like to give uh, is if you are in a place where you can go to coffee shops uh, periodically, um, especially the kind of coffee shop where they ask you for your name and then they shout out your name when you're ready for your drink. Um, go try different names at different coffee shops because it's relatively inexpensive um, and you get to hear somebody you don't know saying that name out loud Um Often it feels a little arbitrary or fake at first because it's the first time you're connecting with that name and you don't have a history with it. So don't expect that the right name will feel magically sense-making in the moment. What you're looking for is, you know, does it sound nice? Does it roll off the tongue well? Did you did you have a little spark? You know, you're kind of looking for like a meet cue with your own name. So try lots, I think Um, that's, you know, you may find pretty quickly you settle into one and you're just like, I like it. I don't really know why, but I like it. That's a great reason. Um, You can keep a list if you want. Um, you could have a friend come over and just like pepper you with 10 different names in a row, see how that goes. But I think the coffee shop one is, you know, over time, obviously don't go spend like 50 bucks at a coffee shop next week just to try out a bunch of different names, but it's a good way to test drive things. Um, in a low stakes way, they don't have to be coffee shops you go to every day. They shout out names all day. They're not likely to remember if you come back a few days later with a new name. Um, that's usually my kind of go-to. Sometimes you can try names that are in various categories be like okay here's my nature name here's my like friend of a friend name category here's just like random names that i like here are initialisms that i like and just run through them all and see what sticks try to eliminate things process of elimination and then beyond that you know the nice thing is Once you realize how fake it is, it's so fake. You can change your name a bunch if you want to. Um, And if you try a name out for a few days with one or two friends whose judgment and discretion you trust, you're not committing yourself to legally changing your name and, and using it forever. And even if you legally change your name, you can legally change it more than once. People do and people have. So there's like changing a name in the sense of test driving or asking a couple of friends to use one in certain circumstances for a limited time only and with the sort of stated goal of I'm trying to see if I like it. And that can really remove a lot of the stakes because it's not like, okay, if I ask you to use this name, that means I put in a down payment and I have to make sure that I get my money's worth out of it later. Um, I think that goes a long way towards making it feel a little bit less loaded or fraught. It's not one decision. And then you're done forever. You get to take as much time as you would like. Um, And then eventually, you know, I think kind of like with the, um, the psychological concept of the good enough mother, there's the good enough name. Like if at a certain point the process starts to drive you a little nuts or you're feeling like I'll never decide and you just are like, you know what, a good enough name is what I need. It does not have to be the best. It doesn't have to be perfect. I would like it to be serviceable and to sound pretty good and to check one or two other boxes that mean something to me. Um, And then I'm just going to say, we're done because it's a little arbitrary. Plus then if you feel afterwards like, oh no, now I found an even better one. You can make it your middle name. That's what middle names are for. They're like the thing you forgot to include in the first name. Um, Good luck. I hope that you get to drink a lot of great coffee-based drinks and find a name that you think sounds neat. Um, I have... I mean, I just tried Daniel at a coffee shop a couple of times and I liked it. I didn't really know anyone by that name. Um, For some reason, I knew that I wanted to be either Danny or Daniel, never Dan, Um, but that's it. Um, You know, I tried a couple others out, hated them. I heard Danny. I liked it. It stuck. And it will become your name more and more with time. So don't necessarily think the first few times that you use it or hear it that that's going to be the indicator of how it will feel forever. Sometimes the more you wear a name, the more it feels like your own. Um, So that's one thing where the sort of like uh, moment of identification or becoming um, is earned through uh, time and persistence rather than immediately recognizable. And with that, I'm going to go lie down. I'm tired, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.